You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of season four of the Great to Greater podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tiffany Rufino, and I am here with the monopoly to my game of life, Mr. Rufino. Hi, everybody. <laughs> How is it going? Mr. Jeffrey Rufino. That is my name. That is your name. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's been a um, heck of a week. Yes, yes, but a great week. Yes. We have a new aesthetic Mm -hmm. that we worked on, and um, as promised, we promised by, like, what was it, mid-February or end of February that we will be on um, video so that you guys can see us, and I'm excited about that. We're about 95% of the way there. Yeah, maybe you are. I'm probably 90% of the <laughs> way there. But we're getting there. That's the point. And um, my uh, little dog, Pacino, is sniffing the mic. And I just wanted to make that clear so you know that it's not me breathing heavy into the microphone. <laughs> he has forfeited his up high privileges. Yes, he just lost his privileges. And now he's so on now the floor. So now he's on the floor. So um, let me ask you something. Okay. Let's say you work at a prestigious job, right? Um, it has great salary, great benefits. It's going on the right track, especially in the stock market. And it's current. So um, especially with everything going on, it's going in all the right directions. Up, up, up. Um, the company is you know, really good about having uh, little to no debt. Um, there's a lot of tenure there, but there's also they're growing at the same time, right? And they have different departments that are opening up and different roles that are opening up and none that you're interested in because you're rocking out in the position that you're in. So you're doing what you love to do and you're very satisfied, right? But you know that, oh, hey, this position's opening up and this position's opening up and this position. And I happen to know three people that would you know, fit those roles really well. Like that's their background or they're really talented in this or, you know, this is the person that would succeed in this role. And your thought is um, based on your relationship with them as really good friends that you're going to give their resume to the person that's in charge of those departments who you just happen to have a great relationship with anyway because of your tenure, okay? Um And they all get hired based on your performance, your quality of work, because usually the thought process in business is like-minded people work with like-minded people. You are the people that you hang out with, right? And you have a phrase for that uh, in in Spanish and not Mm -hmm. in English that you've shared with me. Can you share it with our audience? Yeah, it's something my mom has told me for a long time. It's one of my grandfather's phrases. And it's, you'll find it in any, like, Dominican book of adages and it's dime con quien anda y te diré quien eres which is tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are mm. it's like birds of a feather fly together yes kind of thing. I mean we could go through all the like <laughs> mm-hmm. different things but uh, so that seems to be the perception sometimes in organization when someone is doing really well you might be approached and they might ask hey do you have any friends that are looking for a job or whatever but in this scenario you see opening you go ahead and chat up the uh, head of those departments. You pass out the resumes. Your friends get hired, right? And um, nobody <sighs> else is like, maybe they're not interviewed or maybe there's like just really quick interviews or maybe they're just phone interviews or maybe they get 
declined you know how like the um computer system will go ahead and read like scan the resume yeah. and if it doesn't fit the keywords then you're out um is that a bad thing wow that's a that's a kind of a loaded question oh it gets more loaded yeah um i mean i Just know for it. <laughs> i know a lot of companies have referral programs sure and so uh, you're encouraged to like find people who are talented that you would recommend for a role and pass their resume along I think that for most companies, though, that doesn't fast track them. That's just you encouraging them to apply. And then they just go along, you know, the normal path. You don't, I would think that it would be a vetting process, right? Like, oh, this is somebody that Jeff recommended and Jeff does X, Y, Z. And this is a person like he wouldn't recommend somebody that's not a fit for the job. You don't think that gives a little extra edge to those friends? I think it depends on the company. Um, I can tell you the company that I most recently have worked for, I have, um, I don't want to say recommended, but referred right. a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I've been there for, well, I've had a relationship with this company for close to a decade. Mm -hmm. And never once has anybody gotten so much as a hello. Now, was that because you submitted the information through a person or just through the computer system? I just submitted their uh, information directly through the system. And, you know, in, in some cases, maybe they weren't um, a match for their role or whatever. But I do know that there's a lot of, you know, this is a company that a lot of people apply to. So it's very difficult to get in to begin with. Yeah. Um, so it's normal. Like if you apply today it's normal for you to not have um, a callback for a few months. Okay. And there's a lot of big companies like that where depending on the role, you know, it's very competitive um, and, and that happens. So I didn't, I haven't seen any fast tracking with my referrals, but at the same time, it's a computer that's sifting through it. Not you talking correct. based on a relationship with the company or the head of the department, along with, you know, your friends to hook them up. And we have seen recently where with other companies, we've had friends that have referred other friends and they do kind of get fast tracked. Like mm -hmm. they, they do. And I wouldn't say like, like wink and a nudge fast tracked. I would say they just kind of, it, it helps them along. Right. It moves them a little quicker. Yeah. And, and maybe skips a couple of steps in the interviewing process because they've mm -hmm. been vetted already. Okay, so one of the topics, I told you it would get a little more complicated, right? Okay. Um, that's big in the news is nepotism <clears throat> and nepotism babies. So meaning that their parents have paved a way for them in whatever industry it's in and that they did not earn the clout to be in the position that they're in because they wouldn't have been in that position had they not had the parents they had. And there's a public perception, there's a industry perce perception, and then there's a mix of what's real, right? Because we never know what's real unless we're actually there. Mm -hmm. And then it's this person's story, that person's story, and then the truth, obviously, yeah. right? Um, but I think why I wanted to talk about this is it goes back to the topic of how, um, when we talked about on in last season, I believe it was, on why people get so mad that other people are rich 
and what they do with their money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, does the public have a say in, um, you know, the what somebody does with their money and, and that sort of thing and why should it matter? And in this particular industry, let's refer to the movie industry. So there's a lot, like, I think there was just the Golden Globes, right? And usually, and I did not know this, but with the Golden Globes, um, the actors or actresses that have children, grown, ch- grown children, they will be the ones that carry out the award um, and then stand off to the side. Or they will be the ones that, you know, help somebody off the stage. And, and they're just like guides and ushers and things like that. But they're, you know, starting to work their way to build relationships and be in the industry. I didn't know. I thought they were models and, you know, people that were hired. I didn't realize that these were kids and children of the actors that are already there. And I can see why that would be important because there's a trust factor, right? Like, you know, somebody can go gaga over, you know, (laughs) like they see uh, Brad Pitt or they see, you know, Denzel or whoever and they lose their mind. I don't know what I would do if I saw like, you know, celebrities that I absolutely adored. Um, Whereas these uh, grown children have a little more discretion. They understand the industry, the lifestyle a little bit more. They have that... um, that that reserve to uh you know they might have just had denzel over for dinner the other night so you know now they're seeing him win an award and they're cool calm collect and and they're professional in let me role. let me devil's advocate that for and a bit just uh, short let yeah, me just say this one thing this this is not equating to the full line of nepotism that we're going to go into this is just a slight example of where it started yeah and then where it's going but yeah let's play devil's advocate so if it was me and I wanted to be in this um, industry, I would think that I would prime myself to be as professional as possible because I need this job. And if I mess up, like, so if I don't know anybody, I'm not, I'm not related to anybody, I'm just working the Golden Globes. And maybe I want them to hire me for the Oscars, so I want to put my best foot forward. I could argue that if I was related to somebody there, maybe Brad Pitt said something about my socks that I didn't like and I just want to play a prank on him and what's the worst that could happen I'm already you know a celebrity's kid the most I'm going to get is yelled at but maybe I'll put a whoopee cushion on his uh, do something Mm -hmm. right Um, not saying that that's going to happen but it's a possibility so I think the motivation factor is there also but again I understand why you know, to your point, why that trust factor and that familiarity is there. I also think, like, not all celebrities have the perfect lifestyle, obviously, and and the perfect family roles, and um, there's issues. So, like, Tom Hanks, you know, you look at him, my impression of him, especially growing up, was um, not, like, a goody two-shoes, but just, like, on the straight and narrow path. And I know that things more recently have come to light and people have different opinions based on another topic. But he has a son that is successful in his acting career and has been in a lot of things. But he also has another son who has the bad boy image and has spoken out about his parents and how he wasn't raised well and has said negative things about uh, Tom and Rita, who are his parents. So I would think that in that scenario for something like the Golden Globes, obviously um, the first son who prior to being in movies might be an escort to uh, an actress that's going up to grab their award or an actor that's 
going up to an accept, accept an award or to um, present an award or whatever. Um, so, you know, there are scenarios where it may not work out just based on who your parents are or who your sister is or your third cousin twice from, you know, the moon. But you bring up a good point that it's built-in vetting because mm-hmm. if I'm a bad boy, you just have my resume. You don't know. Right. Right. Well, whereas, you know, if, if you're in that industry, people already have that, you know, that notion. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that I would think that part of the benefits and the perks of being a celebrity is kind of um, if you have a good reputation and a good relationship with, let's say, the press or with um, like the the tabloids and things like that, that you can control the narrative a little bit. And, um, you know, I've, I've watched interviews with celebrities who say that, you know, if you give them just a little bit or you have this little bit of conversation with them, then they go easy on you and you could just, you know, part ways and that's fine because that's all they really want is the shot, right? Mm-hmm. But um, with Tom Hanks' son, Chet, um, there's more instances that I've seen where if there is a story put out about him, it's it's negative and it reflects more on him and the the conversation is positive about Tom and Rita because you know they they've had a relation um good relations in the press up to then and so maybe I've seen two articles and then that's it but whereas if you have a couple that maybe isn't as friendly um with the press or just doesn't um give enough uh, of a story to the press, you know, to for them to print about, even though they're popular. I think, like Victoria and David Beckham, like usually, you know, unless they're out in a, at an event, they'll go ahead and have their picture taken and they'll, you know, talk or do whatever. But then on the side, they're mostly kind of private. Maybe they have like a couple of TikTok videos, but that's it. But there's been issues with their sons kind of going off with their girlfriends and moving away to live their lives and not having communication with the parents anymore. And you see that more in the press. And I wonder if it's because they haven't taken the time to build a relationship with the press or they just don't care. You know, like their family is their family and they're not going to talk about it, which both are respectful, you know, do what you got to do. However, the challenge is, is that um, it's become more and more of a topic that depending on who your parents are is dependent on the lifestyle you're going to live. Like, obviously, the Kardashians is probably the first um, family that would come to mind with that. And... Chris built the empire because they're not going to do it at the age of three or four. She did it with Rob Kardashian, who was a major lawyer at that time. And, and she brought her children into the spotlight and managed them and got them to where they are. I think that's a, a team effort in that sense. You know, I don't think I think that the children, um, from what I know being outside and I don't know much being outside of that, but there has to be work that's put in from the kids with that after a while you know yeah, they had to they had to take on some of it yeah and absolutely you need a manager who guides you and gets you there but um you know they're putting in the work right they have their own agents and publicists and they're traveling and they're marketing and, and doing all this stuff would they have been able to do that without chris and rob as their or even with bruce you know or caitlin rather um you know in the positions that they were in with the connections that they had I don't have that answer I don't do I care no I don't like when I look at a a celebrity's child in a movie I think Kate Hudson right Goldie Hawn is her Mm -hmm. mom and um 
I love Kate Hudson. Absolutely love. And I love that she's in um, the industry because, you know, everything that she's done, whether it was a big hit or not so much, I've enjoyed it. But I've never sat there and said, well, she wouldn't be in that role if she didn't have Goldie Hawn as her mom. Like, what, what do I care? I found out from you that Goldie Hawn was her mom. <laughs> I didn't even now? know. No. <laughs> oh. Ages ago you told me and I was like, oh, really? That's cool. But then I you guess. have, like, celebrities that are pretty vocal about where they stand with their kids. And I think of... Shaquille O'Neal, he's made it very clear, like, you have to earn everything that you get. You're mm-hmm. not getting the money from me. You're not getting the publicity and celebrity from me. And, yeah, of course, he's, he's a dad. He's going to take care of his kids and treat them to things. But he has a different way of <coughs> instilling um, the, the things that he wants to instill in his children. And I can see why, having watched the documentary on HBO and hearing about how his father raised him and also how his mother raised him and the values that they instilled in him and and also how they pushed him and the mentors in his life, how they pushed him. So, you know, the work that he put in without having that connection um, and then rising to the status that he rose to and that he continues to, you know, in different areas and how he continues to push himself to learn or to achieve um, you know, getting his doctorate, becoming a police officer, and, you know, the great things that he does in the neighborhood and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I I appreciate that, and I, I love that he does that. I don't know if his kids love that he does that, but I, I can appreciate that. But I can also appreciate Goldie Hawn having connections that she worked hard to build and saying, let me introduce you to my daughter so she could audition for this. Yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes the talent doesn't fall like far from the tree in that sense. And people want people that can either, it's like nostalgic. You know, you can see Goldie Hawn in Kate Hudson's face. You could see the resemblance there. And so there's a little bit of, we can capture the Goldie Hawn audience because her face is familiar. And then we could capture a younger audience because she is younger and, you know, the movie or whatever can just relate to um people so i think what i'm trying to say is in my honest opinion is that i because the focus is so much on celebrity and there is such a cancel culture right now i think there are a lot of people that are looking for reasons to cancel people um just so we don't have models that we look up to from a superficial standpoint and that we have the reality of listen it's not like they went ahead and wrote all these papers and did all this research to be put in this position um they got it because their mom and dad are famous and that happens in business too right like i mean you know one of my favorite favorite series is succession succession i can't even say it but like it's my favorite we have it and just to you know, so you don't have Try to say that it three times, but yeah. <laughs> but just so you don't have to say it, there's now a date for the new season. Twenty-sixth, can't wait. Oh we're very god. excited. Oh my god! Um, but I mean, that's when somebody starts a business and intends for it to be a private company, um, or and then possibly go public, which means they're you know now selling shares on the stock market and that sort of thing and sharing with the public. Uh, initially, usually it's private and the intention is for it to stay family owned, right? And for the family to be in line to succeed the person that was, you know, the predecessor, right? That's 
Did I use too many s- syllables for that one? No, no, that's good. <laughs> okay. It sounded like a dinosaur at first when I said it, like the velociraptor. Anyway, um, so, you know, Logan Roy is the one that started this whole um, conglomerate. And I think we talked about him on maybe season two of our podcast when we mm-hmm. were talking about it. And, the, you know, he has kids that are vying for his spot because he's getting of age where he's not able to uh, really perform at his best or really need to be as involved in the business. But each of his kids have one particular strength that they're all great at. They would be perfect if that was combined into one person, Mm -hmm. right? If you had the qualities of uh, each of them put into one person, then that would obviously be the person that takes over. But unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. Um, So he goes out and tries to find which child by... you know, is the right person, is the right fit, and is it family that's going to be the right fit? And the children, on the other hand of it, all believe that they are the right fit in some way, shape, or form, and also feel not obligated, entitled to receive that position based on who their dad is and based on what they've done in the past for their dad. Um, Granted, that's fictional, but that's also... Uh, a pretty good outline of some businesses that are out there now. A lot of businesses. Yeah. Now, there's one that I worked for years ago um, where, you know, I met the owners. Um, The company was public at that point, but the owners were very much still involved. They worked right out of the office with me and a bunch of buyers and planners and, you know, C-level executives and shareholders, too, that were there and stakeholders. And, I mean, it was always buzzing with different people and some famous people, you know, that uh, were – showing off their new product or as seen on TVs or just like uh, a new line of home goods that they were making. Now, when the owners were there and still in it and their um, children were still, were just, you know, really learning and getting their hands dirty and being a part of the business, the company had no debt. They had wiped out all competition. They had the top products. They had like the the item that you would want and um it was almost prestigious to be able to shop there because you knew the name of the company and it came with just like the name like nordstrom's is always familiar bloomingdale's is always familiar there's like like a quality that follows that and so they had created um that around their brand now after the owners retired um and you know uh, left the business to the children the children then uh, went ahead and created another store um, that was geared towards children. And they purchased a store that was geared towards the holidays. And then they also purchased a store that was geared towards health and beauty and put the health and beauty store inside the holiday store. And it was just kind of like the way my mind works, honestly, like a web of I want a part of this, and I want a part of that, and I want a part of this, and I want a part of that. And I think... Maybe they thought that they had some cushion because they didn't have debt. So they were like, okay, but if we take out like a loan here and a loan there, we'll be fine, right? Because we have no debt and we still have the name. We still have like, you know, the culture that we've promoted within the company and that sort of thing. But very quickly, they started to downfall. And um, more recently, they're going into uh, conversations with uh, JP Morgan about do we file bankruptcy? You know, at this point, what do we do? Unfortunately, there's talks of um, bad business practices that may have happened with financial transactions and stocks. Um, you know, maybe like a heads up on what's going on with the business, so sell your shares now and that sort of thing. Um, you know, when it gets dirty, 
people tend to uh, forget everybody else and focus on themselves to save, like one of those save yourself sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that scenario, what I see happening is that once the quote unquote parental figures left the business, there was no one that had authority. They could provide advice. They could provide counsel. And the kids kind of said, look what this big present is that we got. Let's see how we can replicate that in different industries and make even more money. But they weren't ingrained in the slow pacing. It's a marathon, not a sprint. This is what you have to do one at a time because this was all in like a year that all these things were happening. And I remember being in the office and like looking at the the team that I was with and we're like, we did what? Like the company did what? Like why? That's not even our industry. Or why couldn't we just do that with the company we have now and just have vendors that bring in these products into that? And actually that's kind of what started happening is that the health and beauty now became part of the first business and it was mixed in with the holiday business. So now it's everywhere and it's it looks nothing like what the original brand was. It was more like a warehouse setup. It looked kind of messy. It didn't look like that clean, crisp, look that the business always had so everything started to change once the ownership changed and uh you know you you can put the kids in the business but ultimately it's the kids that will decide their reputation is really what my point is um whether they succeed or not is up to them now they can get a foot in the door here or there we don't know we don't know what happens you know in the room if we're not in there um but at the end of the day like if you can't act then you're gonna be in a movie that flops or you're going to be in a TV show that flops or that doesn't make it. Or, you know, you, you might network and meet new people, but you might be like in the back of a Law & Order episode and, you know, walking down the street somewhere. And still, that's getting your foot in the door. Um, but it's not like they zoom right to being James Bond for the next, you know, decade because their parents were so-and-so. I think... There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, but I think... <laughs> One of the things that jumps out at me is that, like, in in business, it becomes a little different. Because, like, all of the kids that we mentioned when we're talking about Hollywood, they clearly got at least talent handed, like, not handed to them, but um, handed down, passed down to them because of whether it's genetics or... Being around their parents, like being raised, is a genetical, like a genetical, a genetic <laughs> trait. I don't know, but I know that if you are, or if you're around somebody who is theatrical, at a minimum, let's forget the science of genetics because I don't really want to look it up. But if you're around somebody who is theatrical, you're going to absorb some of their mannerisms, mm-hmm. right? Like we've been around each other for ages, and we uh, we know, have a lot of the that. same. <laughs> Well, we have a lot of the same mannerisms, and we're not raising each other. We're married, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, well, um, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's thing. arguable. <laughs> but with business, it's a little different because you can, let's for the sake of argument, say the talent was genetic. You can't pass down experience through the genetics. And you can't pass down, in, like, that instinctual like there are a lot of things in your business that you know how to do and it's stuff that other people may not do it that way but you just have a feel for how you want something to do you can't teach that hmm. you know and so i think there's still something to be said in in certain businesses where you need to have 
some sort of like trial to get to the thing. You, you need to kind of prove yourself that you're able to have the chops, especially when you're talking about a large corporation and you're taking the reins and you're not just in charge of your family's legacy, but you're in charge of like me as a cashier who this is my job that I've been at for 15 years and this is how I put food on the table. If you do it wrong, you might have to lay me off. Mm -hmm. And now I have to start over after 15 years somewhere else. Right. You know, so it, there's a lot of, you because know. Because at that point, sometimes your identity <clears throat> is tied to the business. Yeah. If, so, if like, Kate Hudson's in a movie that flops, nobody is not hiring the, 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 the lead grip on that on that movie. They're still going to find other work. Right. But if you drop down, you know, if you if you tank McDonald's, there's a lot of people that are going to suffer because of that. Yeah. You know? Well, I, that's a good point. And I think of, um, you know, we've talked about Elon quite often, um, you know, because I go back and forth on, is he a genius, an evil genius, or is he just throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? Um, and I think to be creative and to be successful, you have to be a little bit mad. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, as a creative genius way. And so, he, you know, he went from what Tesla to uh, putting him, uh, you know, changing the way NASA runs things in space and then goes ahead and jumps into social media, which seems out of left field for us. But when I really sit there and analyze it, I think all his ideas have been. A little far-fetched probably how people felt in the 60s when they were like oh we're gonna go to the moon and they're like yeah right you know and mm -hmm. it's faked and all, all that stuff and i think when he talks about or when he spoke about before he created the electric car you know and, and the tesla and plugging it in and having this whole system and then he talked about having a space shuttle that can be still high quality but uh less emissions and and cost less um money at the end of the day and also put people in space regular people not people that were trained as astronauts you know they were like what people can actually start going into space now and then he was like yeah and now i'm going to buy twitter i think how many times has elon reached out to people to network with them and they said no now i know that he doesn't have a great relationship with his father who is richer you know than elon and could have put him on and i'm not sure if he did or didn't but from what i've read and researched on uh it doesn't seem like he really did uh it seemed like he favored elon's brother more than he favored elon so elon kind of had to do it on his own and i think a lot of it goes back to maybe he wanted twitter because <clears throat> it was an outlet for him to speak his mind um as freely as he wanted to because the people in his life shut him down on his ideas so much even though he still went through with them um maybe it's sort of that validation he wanted from twitter not so much to say he owned it but so much to have a different platform where he wasn't silenced or shot down now that would be a little odd in thinking because you think of all the trolls that would you know say something in response yeah i was just thinking i would have picked maybe like an instagram for validation right because you could shut off comments and things yeah. like that there but i don't think he's afraid of um I don't think he's afraid of what people say afterwards. I think it's just hear me and like I'm going to put my voice out there. And uh, it also, you know, negative publicity is just as good as good publicity because any publicity means people are talking about you and you're still relevant. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so that can open doors for you in both ways. Like, oh, this is going to get us attention because he has all this negative backspace or he has all this positive stuff that he's done in the past and that sort of thing. Um, and it might get him different opportunities to whatever future things he wants to do, which is probably build like, you know, um, homes on Mars or the moon or wherever he decides is the next stop there. Um, but I say all that to say that, uh, you know, to land the spaceship, you know, (laughs) I don't, I, I go back to the story of why are we so mad at people that make money, whether they started from the bottom and now they're here. Or whether they got a boost from the middle to the top, or they were handed it over because something happened and they got it. Like I, and I go back to the movies because this is where this topic came from. Like it's been in the newspapers all over about nepotism and like really coming down on celebrities for their children being brought into the industry um, almost as a hand up. It's been happening for years and it's been happening in all industries. It happened with. Uh, politics like all the time you you know you think about like the Kennedys mm-hmm. and um, you know d- just how we've had a lot everybody... of a lot of political dynasties yeah absolutely and not only in the, in the United States like you know mm-hmm. that's dynasties are handed down to children whether they're you know like 12 or 9 or 7 you know they're over on um, I'm not gonna say specifics because then I'm gonna have to go into a history lesson but you know, it's passed down. That's that's the tradition. And, you know, kids are raised of, you know, one day when I go, this farm is going to be yours. It's It's been a thing that's uh, happened between, I don't want to say normal people, but people that are not in a celebrity atmosphere. It's kind of passed down. It's not that Charlie Chaplin went ahead and said, okay, now I'm going to pass everything on to you, all my talents and all my movie roles, because, you know, that's what you do in this industry. It's no, you're my daughter, and so you're going to go ahead and, um, you know, if this is the path that you want to take, then, hey, this is the path you want to take, and you can audition and try on your own and, you know, still work and get more popular as you're older because she was also in one of my favorite movies, Home for the Holidays, uh, his daughter. Um, so, but why do we get so mad if, if that's the case? Who cares? And to be honest, it's the, it, in a lot of cases, it's the path of least resistance. Like, you you see it in, you're right, not just industries that are, like, big businesses, but, like, how many times do you find somebody who's a plumber and they're like, oh, my dad was a plumber, my grandfather was a plumber, blah, 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 blah. It's easy to say, this is the skill that is being done in my home. Mm -hmm. And it's accessible to me for me to learn it early. You know, I've been going with my dad to, like, you know, the plumbing jobs <laughs> and and learning how to do different uh, different things. If your dad's a musician, there's music all over your house. Mm-hmm. That's what you're gonna learn to do early. You know, so if you suddenly are at you know at twenty something and you want to become a journalist, you. You have to really want to, you know, because you're really going to start at the bottom mm-hmm. versus, hey, I already know how to play guitar. And if I talk to that guy, he's already going to have me. He's going to help, help me record my record just because he knows my dad. Right. It's easy. And so my question to the audience would be like, what would you do in that scenario? Right. Would you take the offer <clears throat> or would you let it sit on the table and say, no, I'm strong enough to do it on my own. And so here's a good uh, learning lesson from this person right here 
I had the opportunity, you know, I was going to school for audio recording and um, there's a long story behind how I got um, my demo heard by record exec executives and, you know, uh, Interscope, Def Jam, uh, another version of Sony and someone else that doesn't come to mind right now, a whole panel, I still have my notes on it. And I was presented with that opportunity in front of all of them. Def, uh, Interscope is like, you need to call me. And Def Jam is like, you need to call me. But I felt like a connection with Def Jam. And so, you know, we met up and I met up with uh, a guy who I'm actually still connected with on LinkedIn. Um, and I told him, you know, what my journey looked like and what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do audio recording. I wanted to be in the studio. I was great at mixing. Um, I mean, you've witnessed my hearing skills at like, you know, different levels and the things that I could pick out and notice. Um, and so, you know, he put me in touch with people and I went to various studios, worked with various producers and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this person is going out and doing this and is in here for like three minutes and then leaves for two hours and then comes back and you know, I get it. I get that you have to work and do the grunt work and get the coffees and wrap up the cables and, and start from the bottom. But at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking I could be doing this on my own for myself. Why am I doing it for free for somebody else? Because at that point, I'm working like three jobs. I'm in college and I'm traveling to the city on, you know, whatever I can make and then coming back late at night and then going to school and then going to three jobs, you know, that sort of thing. The routine is a lot. So if I could cut out part of the routine and do it on my own and, and save money that way of traveling and, and doing that, not thinking that what I would gain from the knowledge is really what I was getting from the industry and that connection there. Um, and just seeing the face value of it, um, my life could have went in a totally different way. However, it did go in a totally different way um, where that was a lesson I need to learn is that you know sometimes it's not always about what you observe it's what you learn from the little things right it's how you learn to fix something on the fly how you come up with creative solutions how you take pride in your work and how you put the wires away and how you don't just wrap them up over your arm because then you're going to destroy the wires and different things like that and how you always place things back where they're supposed to go so that when you come back into the studio you're ready to go because the artist is there and they're paying money for the studio time and how do you deal with different personalities and different work styles and maybe what somebody else is doing, maybe they're in the studio for three minutes because they know how to do it in three minutes. But I'm still at a point where it's gonna take me three hours to go ahead and mix that because I'm still looking for the perfection where they have the ear to get it quicker, right? And so I missed that opportunity to learn those things, but I gained the experience by missing out on that opportunity and I gained that knowledge. And so people in business now where the family business is passed down, I think of trades and trades are so far and few. Like, you know, uh, I think of car mechanics. You're going to need car mechanics, you know, as as time goes by um, to fix the current cars that we have. And I know like wasn't in California that just made the law that says in like four years, we're no longer going to allow um, gas fueled cars. Everybody has to have an electric car. Like that's one of the new laws that they're trying to pass over there. So people are still going to have gas cars and they're still going to need work on it. But if everybody's transitioning over to electric cars, we also need people that can work on electric cars. And yeah. if your family has always worked on automobiles, it makes sense for you to be, if, if that's your passion, it makes sense for you to follow in the family business and take over like whatever high level name that business has brought to itself because you're going to be successful at it and it's also a need. Um, 
you know, the movie theaters are dying out right now and everything's going to a streaming platform and that's what people are watching. They're like, yeah, I mean, it's nice that they have like lounge chairs in the movie theater, but I got one in my living room. I got my lazy boy. I don't need to like pay extra money to sit in someone else's chair. I'm going to sit at home and make my own popcorn for less than $18 and, uh, you know, sit in my chair and relax and, and stream on whatever streaming platform I have. Okay, so then we got to move with the times. And I think that, you know, actors are going to have to transition to that sort of thing. Like, I never thought that I'd be able to see a movie with, like, a top billing star, uh, like, straight to TV. Like, that used to be the mm -hmm. bad thing. If the movie came out and it went straight to TV, it was like, oh, that's probably a bad one, right? Um, but, like, experience always trumps, you know, gaining the business or gaining the company. Because, like I said, even though the children work, the children... The adult children worked at the company that I was working at and kind of knew like the ins and outs. They didn't have the experience to take over and continue at the level that the business was performing at. And you and I um, just recently caught on to Kevin Hart's show, Heart to Heart, where he sits yeah. down with, um, you know, uh, talented people and interviews them just on the real. Like they have a glass of wine, they talk, and as more, the more that they talk, the more comfortable the setting is and the more comfortable they get with opening up. And um, It's like hot ones with wine, but not organized wine. You yeah. just drink, you know, you're just it's loosening just, up. Right, <clears throat> and you know, it's not forced. Um, it is an interview. It's not always like hilarious like we think of Kevin Hart. Like he does get uh, serious on different topics and the friendships that he has with the people that he's brought onto the show so far. It's season two, I think. Um, but there's something that Kevin said that I thought was really vulnerable and powerful. And he was talking about, um, I think he was talking to either uh, Pete Davidson or Chris Rock on this one. And he was talking about making the transition from doing comedy movies or doing stand-up into doing dramatic movies or action movies. And the first love is always stand-up, right? Because that's, that's what you did it for. But then it gets exciting for them when they go into drama, when it's something that's not their field. And it's different. And so they get to challenge themselves to do something different. And Kevin's like, I thought I was good at, at transitioning from comedy into going into drama. And then he said, um, until I worked with Wesley Snipes. And this is not like word for word, but this is the general story. And I'm like, first I was like, What's, what movie did he do with Wesley? And then I was like, oh, it's that Netflix movie that they did together where, you know, it was crime and it was drama and it wasn't, you know, like all that stuff. And Kevin said, you know, we're, we're filming a scene and Wesley um, stops the scene and he's asking the director, like, but why is he doing this? Like, what's his story? What's this? What's that? And the director's like, no, in this scene, you're doing da-da-da. And Wesley's like, I get what I'm doing in the scene, but what happened before this? And they're like, well, nothing happened before this because this is what we're cutting to. And so the communication wasn't there. And Wesley's like, I need to know, am I hiding from somebody? Am I scared of somebody? Am I mad at somebody? And I need to know why. I need to know the behind the scenes character. And Kevin's observing this. You know, he's not like trying to be on the director's side and say, look, we're just starting from here. He's learning the thought process behind what's going on, how to make this scene greater than what it is on paper. And Wesley's like, if I'm on the run, he's like, then I'm in here talking to Kevin and I'm closing the shades. I'm putting everything away that can make uh, that can let anybody know that I was here. 
I'm looking around for stuff. I'm looking for where the phone is. I'm looking for where the first weapon is that I could find if I need to defend myself. And Kevin's like, damn, I never even thought like that much into my character. And so by Kevin transitioning into drama, you know, where he's had a couple movies behind him already at that point, this just elevated him to the next level on the things that he was going to do because now he gets to build on that and think more about his character and really understand what is his style going to be now that he's changing it. And I thought that was, um, A, really cool that he was vulnerable to share that uh, in his journey because, you know, he's been, you know, a a celebrity for quite a while. But B, kind of cool that um, not only was he vulnerable, but that he went into such detail as to why, because I think it educated the person that he was talking to. um, And it also brings it to light for us in business, right? That even though you've been around it and you've gotten into that, mode of where it's just able to happen because it's autonomous your body is just used to doing things you're used to filing this you're used to doing your accounting like this you're used to having negotiations like this and oh we got to sit in front of the board and talk about this until you're on the ground and you remember again what it's like to be on the front line with the customer and be that customer experience and almost like undercover boss Mm -hmm. but um like really truly diving into it not just doing it for a day like doing it for a while um and remembering what it's like or learning what it's like if you've never been on the ground you know dealing with customers that are mad and understanding why they're mad and understanding how can we cut down wait times on the lines and how do we get more people on the register if they've got like thousands of other things on their list of things to do and um then you can elevate the business and then you could say wait before we open up other businesses or before we go ahead and like try to dominate the world let's fix home first right and let's do it that way um as far as the celebrity thing goes i think that the i i don't care i don't care if a celebrity got into it because they know so and so i would do it for my friends um in a heartbeat you know my closest friends if i was in a position to help somebody out or take them from grade to greater knowing that they had the skill level um, then absolutely I would put, you know, my head on the chopping block for them so that they could, you know, live a, a greater life, you know, and, and love their passion and, and be happy with doing what they're doing. And, um, hey, I got to work with my friends in that case, right? Um, so I, I don't care on the celebrity level. I just really think on a business level that um, it would be smarter to have, guidelines on experience i don't think that acting is um really like when you act for yourself that's one thing and then obviously you have the other actors in the movie that you got to perform for and make sure that you're showing up and doing your job and not just being sloppy about it but in our world of business if you are going to take over because you are the descendant of somebody who created this business then it's up to you to have that responsibility to continue on that legacy if it's a good legacy, if the business is, is in good standing. If it's not, then it's up to you to start recreating the legacy and change that story based on how you're going to lead your people and lead the business. And you're going to have to put in the work for it. You can't just sit back and let let it happen. you got to show your people and show the team, like, I'm just as for it as the person before me was for it, but I might do things a little bit differently, and here's why. And not just think that you're entitled and you could go and start buying all these cars and all this stuff while everybody's like struggling down from, you know, the first person with the customer to the warehouse to, you know, however many spaces there are between them and you.
great to greater events are popping up. And if you want to take part, um, I will say go to TiffanyRuffino.com. Uh, click around. Oh, first off, you know, and we should have mentioned this, the pictures for the ah, first yes. Great to Greater event yes. are up on the website. So definitely go there. Go under events, <clears throat> click events, click recap of the Great to Greater event, and you will find some pictures up there. Um, but on our website, you will also find um, information about uh, the stuff that we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, you can also apply or send us information about joining us on this podcast sure. if you want to join the conversation. Yes, join um, the conversation. Or if you have a business that you want sponsored on the podcast, go ahead and um, book a consultation and we'll uh, discuss what that looks like. Yeah. And the same thing in um, hiring for a consultation, keynote speaker, or even a training seminar for your business. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, I'd love to talk with you. So definitely check out Tiffany Rufino, R-U-F-1-F-I-N-O.com. And if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't followed the underscore I-O underscore shrink on TikTok specifically, but on all social media, media platforms, um, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go do that. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.